the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good morning, everybody, on this Tuesday, the 27th day of February. How are we doing? Hope you're doing well. Yesterday was fun, 94. <laughs> a possible additional record breaking today in the high 80s. But then, and, and listen, you just know you're going to be completely bombarded with, oh, the ice caps are melting. There was even one of those stories I heard this morning. And, and just how in the world can we have, you know, 94 in February? Obviously, your SUV and coal-fired plants are making the uh, the planet warmer. Really, if that is the case, how exactly is it that Thursday's high uh, will only be 54? How exactly is it, if all this warming is taking place, that it's not consistent? I mean, if the planet is warming, it's warming. There are no extremes in weather. Things don't get really hot or really cold, except, of course, that they do. So the climate folks are in full throat, and the the Texas high temperatures, and there were storms in California. There is a reason why weather stories lead network newscasts. There's a reason why weather which is the the ultimate local story. If it's snowing in upstate New York, that's an upstate New York story. If storms are hitting the California coast, that's a California story. And if there's a Category 5 hurricane bearing down on the Gulf Coast and, you know, hundreds might die, of course that's a, a, a national story and, and deserves proper attention. Anything that's so beyond the pale of normal weather extremes, of course you get additional coverage of that. But the reason the network news leads with weather extremes is they want you to think that we are in a uniquely extreme season of weather, and we are not. Planet goes nuts every once in a while. It will do so. It will warm. It will cool. Storms will calm. Storms will rage. Fires will happen. Fires will not. All of these things happen in a cyclical fashion, Over an extended period of time, we have known real details about the temperature of the planet for not quite 200 years. Now, there are some broad generalizations that we can draw from tree rings to various formations of various things in in, in past eons, but but it's extremely imprecise. So just know that if if there's the Republicans hanging by a thread and all kinds of crazy things are happening, it's an election year and uh, insanity reigns supreme. But if at any beginning of a network newscast, it's like, oh, it's really cold in upstate New York or, or here comes a storm into central California. That is part of the agenda designed to make you think over a period of time. Just think about it. If you, of the last five years, 10 years, man, I've heard a lot of stories about crazy weather. I've heard so many stories about crazy weather. Well, of course you have, because they have put them there. They have put normal cyclical weather stories 
out front so you will think that weather is uniquely crazy. And it's not. Okay, hey, thanks. All right, all kinds of things going on. And before I, 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 ready for this? I, I don't think I would necessarily ever post a segment from The View and that I would post it, except maybe for mockery purposes, some particularly stupid thing Joy Bayar said or some particularly numbskull observation from Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, and you'll get one of those. But one of the reasons I'm going to take you into yesterday's um, episode of The View for just a minute and a half is because there was a guest who shared, to the chagrin of the ladies at one point you will hear, uh, one of the truest and most important things spoken on television yesterday or any day. Super Tuesday is one week from today. Some point today, once we've sort of taken care of the, um, and obviously tons of political stuff, and we'll take a look into some of the races and see what some uh, the ads are saying and doing. I, just, I, can't, I can't. Is it March 6th yet? Is it March 6th yet? Uh, so that uh, the, the, these ad wars can come to an end. Somebody asked me yesterday, because a lot of these things are going to wind up in uh, in runoffs. Uh, there may be a runoff in the Senate District 30. If Brent Hagenboo can't win that thing uh, outright, then uh, one of his three pursuers may be in a runoff with him in Texas Congressional District 26, where we learn a successor to Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess. That seems to have runoff written all over it. If Brandon Gill doesn't win that outright, uh, he should be in a runoff either with John Huffman or Luisa Del Rosal or Scott Army. It would seem, but you know, that you, you guys get to determine that. You guys get to figure that out. That would seem to have a runoff. So the question arises, when is the runoff? In other words, how many more, how many more weeks? <laughs> well, first of all, and the answer to that question is Tuesday, May 28th. Woof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, it's not like you're going to they're going to be just continuing to scrap at each other for the rest of March and all of April. I think everybody will sort of put their brains into cold storage after the uh, runoff. I mean, we'll have what we have and then the, there'll be fresh new storylines thereafter. May 6th should involve finally, finally, finally the exit of Nikki Haley, one would think, after she has stomped up one side of the country and down the other across all of its time zones by Donald Trump. But I don't know. Maybe she'll maybe she'll just stick it out because you know you know why she's running. You do know, right? I mean, she says it's because Trump can't win. Ha! I have polls in seven, seven swing states where he's ahead in all of them. So sit tight for that. Um I I think she is waiting. She, she's the last, as I've said, the last man standing is a woman among the uh, among the Trump rivals. And by the way, good for her for making it this far. Made it farther than Chris Christie. Made it farther than Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> but then didn't everyone. Uh, so, you know, there's something to be said for that. And she's just waiting for some asteroid to hit Trump. Waiting for, and, and I don't know what that would be unless he dies. You know, I, because there's no court case that's going to derail him. 60% of South Carolina, well, it was more than 60, said that, um, that, that that it's not disqualifying even if he's convicted of something. And guess what? It's not. It's energizing. It'll go up 10% in the poll. So uh, because everybody knows what this is, it is a persecution prosecution. So, so the reason she's just keeping the powder dry in order to be there 
in case something, which is why there are two two dates where 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 Nikki Haley might come out. The Vegas favorite is March 6th, the day – and I'm kidding about that, although there probably is one – prop bets on politics the day after Super Tuesday. But the second favorite day is probably the day before the Republican convention, say over the weekend of July 13, 14, because the RNC starts in Milwaukee on Monday, July 15th. And, she, and at that point – It'll just be so totally obvious that on Thursday night, no, excuse me, Wednesday night, the 17th, because the last day will be Thursday. Uh, on Wednesday night, Trump will receive the nomination and receive his uh, and, and deliver his um, his acceptance speech. <laughs> Won't that be? Hey, I, I am taking no vacation in July. <laughs> Maybe a little July Fourth weekend, maybe. There, but uh, but that's no. You couldn't pry me out of this room uh, when the RNC is meeting. Uh, speaking of the other RNC, the Republican National Committee, Michael Watley of North Carolina is kind of an inside favorite to succeed Ronna McDaniel as the RNC chair. That would be fine with me. Uh, one of the things that strikes me as wise about Mister Watley is he recognizes what the job of the RNC is right now. Sometimes. Uh, often, in fact, probably most of the time as the calendar years flip by, the Republican national chairperson's main job is to be a sort of a referee, a fund, certainly a fundraising magnet, but to sort of oversee a broad and busy Republican Party, uh, stoking a path for, you know, all comers, welcoming everybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this is not one of those times. This is not one of those times. The Republican National Committee has one job right now, one job, back Trump 100%. Job one of the Republican Party, there's only one job, beat Biden. I mean, they're down ballot issues, of course. Beat Democrats. Call it beat Democrats. At the White House level, that means beating Biden until something changes. And there's one human being that can do that. His name is Donald Trump. That is the RNC's job. And so it is now time to recognize from Republican National Committee headquarters across across the 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 uh, the, the landscape of, of America who realizes that and who does not. All right, as we proceed, Lord guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. You want those poll numbers I was talking about a minute ago? 
<clears throat> Let's go through some really important states. Keep in mind now, smartest woman in America, Nikki Haley, says Trump can't win. It's the reason I'm running, she says. Because, you know, listen, if, if, if you nominate Trump, uh, you're going to, uh, Biden wins. Oh, really? Let's go to some key states. Wisconsin, Trump, 45-42, up three. Pennsylvania, Trump, 45-43, up two. Michigan, Trump, 46-44, Trump up two. Now, Biden has huge problems in Michigan. Michigan has a pretty heavy Jewish population that doesn't think that Biden is supporting Israel enough. Michigan uh, has a seething uh, pro-Hamas uh, population that thinks that Biden is too friendly to Israel. Dude can't win. Um, he was on Seth Meyers last night, however. Woof. I got 60 seconds of that. Uh, let's continue our tour. Georgia. Ah, Georgia. Georgia. Trump, 48-42, up six. Arizona, Trump, 46-43, up three. North Carolina, Trump, 47-44, up three. Nevada, Trump, 46-40, up six. But hey, smartest woman in America, Nikki Haley, says Trump can't win. Huh. Huh. Uh. All right, so... Th- <laughs> So I, I guess Seth Meyers, that incredibly annoying Seth Meyers, is is does he is this his tenth anniversary of doing the late night show that was once Letterman's and whatever, um, and he had uh, had Biden on yesterday, and uh, and showed him the uh, the dark Brandon meme, and and Joe seemed at least momentarily aware of that and where he was and et cetera et cetera et cetera, and some of the articles I think there's one in the Hill. That said, boy, Joe's really on it now. He's even staying up late to be on uh, on on the Seth Meyers show. Staying up late, but you got to got to stay up late to watch it. But they tape at um, four o'clock in the afternoon, so just he can do that and and then nap or get some ice cream. Did you catch uh, the latest ice cream moment? I got to run this by Mike Gallagher. Mike's in Jerusalem. Can't wait for his day of adventure yesterday. How's this playing in Israel? This footage of 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 Biden slurping on an ice cream. Just don't give him ice cream when TV cameras are around. It just it just looks like you know uh, 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 pralines and cream day at the home. Just no. Just it's a bad look. He's going. To go, I, I think we're going to have a ceasefire by Monday. I, I, what? Yeah, my national security team says uh, we're working on it. I don't know, but a ceasefire. There's going to be no ceasefire on Monday. He 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 pulled that out of some orifice. What? By the way, there are two um, there there are two factions that say there's no ceasefire coming on Monday. One of them is Israel, and the other one's Hamas. We are so screwed. Anyway, though, uh, last night, Joe Biden, and again, I think this might be three in the afternoon. In fact, on with Seth Meyers. There are 18 percent of Americans, according to recent polling, have um, believe that you and Taylor Swift are actually uh, working in cahoots. <laughs> And after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, uh, you uh, you posted this on social media and wrote, you wrote, just like we drew it up. <laughs> now, can you, I have you on the hotspot here, can you confirm or deny that there is an active conspiracy between you and Miss Swift? Where are you getting this information? <laughs> it's classified. It's classified information? That's classified you won't share it with us? Does he need to be joking about classified information? I don't know. Yeah, so no ice cream cones, no jokes about classified information. I'm not gonna, but I will tell you, she did endorse me in 2020. She did. I bet you, you might be wondering. You might be wondering. Is it, you think it might come around again? I told you it's classified. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Uh, so, so, so there you are. All right, let me uh, let me take the pause, come back, and play you. And if I ever, if you ever asked me, would one of the most enlightening, inspiring, true things said on television come from an episode of The View? I'd have said no, but it happened yesterday, and it wasn't from any of the ladies. And I use that term loosely. It was from a guest. Who was the guest? You'll find out next. Mark Davis, seven twenty-two. Oh, we'll roll out with some journey every once in a while. Those crazy nights, I do remember. The incomparable Steve Perry. But it is Neil Sean's birthday on the guitar. He is 70, a little stone in love. For your Tuesday. God, what's coming up at uh, Globe Life later this summer? I think in August. I think it's Journey, Def Leppard, who am I forgetting? Uh, and Steve, Journey, Def Leppard, Steve Miller? Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Good, good, good. All right. So, uh, yesterday on The View, and and leave the radio here, because <laughs> this is actually, this. and listen, every once in a while I'll be, oh, look at this uh, dumb thing that Joy Bayard said. No, no, no. This is because of the guest in this particular instance, and it is Texas only. He's not a native Texan, but uh got his... Um, Bachelor's at Midwestern State, Wichita Falls, uh, his PhD at UNT, then North Texas uh, teachers or whatever. Uh, Dr. Phil, the great Dr. Phil. So why am I doing Dr. Phil audio? Well, here is why. Like 08, 09, smartphones came on and, and kids started, they stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. Mm. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have ever been kept. Hmm. And it's just continued on and on and on. And then COVID hits 10 years later, and the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two years. Who does that? Who takes away the support system for these children? Who takes them away and shuts it down? And by the way, when they shut it down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested, and in fact sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers. So here's Dr. Phil telling a panel of, of harpies at The View that, that the COVID shutdowns were bad, which is total kryptonite to their politics. So wait for it, wait for it, as Whoopi attempts to push back, saying, oh, didn't we maybe save a couple of kids' lives? With no way to watch, and referrals dropped fifty to sixty percent. So there was also a yeah. pandemic yeah, going was, on. They were trying to save. They were trying to save kids' well. lives. Remember, we know a lot of folks who died during this. So it wasn't people weren't laying not around. School not school children. Well, you know what? We're lucky. Maybe we're lucky they didn't because we kept them out of the 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 places that they could be sick because no one wanted to believe we had an issue. Are you saying no school children died of COVID? I'm saying it was the safest group. They were the less vulnerable group, and they suffered and will suffer more from the mismanagement of COVID than they will from the exposure to COVID. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And a smattering of applause from the audience at The View. You go, Dr. Phil. Let's go to Jerusalem, because Mike Gallagher is there. Let's stop in the newsroom first with Nikki, and then Mike and I will have our Tuesday chat. Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. Per l'amore che vivo, per l'amore che non sai, che mi fai naufragare. 
We talk a lot about the great voices of our time, and they tend to be female. We talk about Barbara Streisand, of course, and lately, got to go with Kelly Clarkson. But those, those, that's, that's the women's half of this. I got to go Josh Groban, maybe, most amazing vocalist of our time. 43 today. But speaking of voices I love, here's my buddy Mike Gallagher in Jerusalem. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, shalom <laughs> from Jerusalem. <laughs> nice to kind have of you. a rainy, dreary day. Let me tell you what I've done while you were sleeping. Please. While you were sleeping, mm-hmm. I got a tour of the city of David. Right now I'm holding in my hands, my left hand, I have a beautiful um, medal that they gave me from the city of David, which is the ancient Jerusalem. Now this mm-hmm. is fascinating, Mark, because many scholars and and theologians and experts believe and know that this was the original Jerusalem, and it was only fairly recently unearthed by archaeologists, and they discovered the pilgrimage path where Jesus walked up to the temple. So in my left hand, I've got this great little medal they presented, and in my right hand, if you're ready for this, Mm -hmm. Zev Ornstein, who's the director of the foundation for the city of David, took us under the the, the ground to to see these ruins, and took us to as, as far as they've been excavated so far. And he said, Mike, this is how far we are. See the wall here? All in this wall are embedded artifacts from 2,000 years ago. Oh, look. And he reaches in and he pulls out a piece of pottery that was from 2,000 years ago. Man. And he gave it to me. Man. And I said, Zev, I got chills can I take this home? He said, just please don't tell the airport authorities, but absolutely. So I have a piece of pottery that was made when Jesus um, walked the earth, and it was from this incredible sort of gem of a, of a place to visit, the city of David. And it's, it's kind of controversial because much of it is under a Muslim neighborhood. Well, there you are. So normal ex- so there you are. So and this is part of Israel. You know, you've got Muslims uh, living side by side with Jews, and most excavations they go from the ground on down. Mm-hmm. Right? You go down. Well, you can't do that when you've got apartment complexes <laughs> a little tough. with the Muslim people. Yeah. So they've got to do it all underground, mm-hmm. and it's this entire. We went to the Pool of Siloam. Now you know your Bible. The Pool of Siloam is where Jesus cured the blind man. And Jesus told the blind man to, to bathe yourself in the pool of Siloam, which is at the foot of what is now, you know, the Temple Mount mm-hmm. and the foot of the entrance to the temple. And, and millions and millions of kings and, and, and worshipers would walk this path, take this pilgrimage up into the temple. And at the bottom of this path is the pool of Siloam. And that, that is literally where Jesus healed the blind man. So we got to do all of that today, and we're, I'm not done yet. Still, there's more. I had lunch with Yael Eckstein, who's the chief executive officer of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, and learned all about their mission, both here in Israel, also Ukraine. Um, they are providing food for the hungry. They are clothing the naked, and they provide, oh, things like armored vehicles yeah. or paramedics. Things like flak jackets for first responders. Things like bomb shelters. They have built bomb shelters by the thousands. This is a beautiful organization. 
Just as the name suggests, this fellowship between Christians and Jews coming together to help those in need. And that's why we're here, Mark. And today we begin in earnest in earnest our efforts to support this beautiful organization. I hope that everybody will go to MikeOnline.com, click on the Israel at War banner to make a donation to continue to support the loving work of the of the fellowship, as they are known, um, and uh, it's just been so special to I, think that I, I can knew. share with my buddy Mark <sighs> Davis what I got to see today and experience is just it's thrilling. I it's, knew it's, it's when, very when you spiritual. went when it was when it was established that you would go. I knew that two things would happen: there would be vital information coming from the source of one of the world's most pressing news stories. There'd be a lot of news heavy topical value. But you're also going not not just to a place of incredible religious significance, but but it's not been forever ago. Is there in '03? Jerusalem feels like the capital of the world because there are Christians, Jews, Muslims, and the 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 little secret is most of their interactions are peaceful and productive. Yes. It is because yes. there's a portion of, of Arab leadership, specifically Palestinian leadership, that is that is soaked with the blood of terror. That's the problem. But apparently, Mike, and I know you'll be there to cover this as as the days draw near, because we're in, clearly in the final days of the war, because on my TV box here in this country, I'm sure it's made its way to Israel, there's Joe Biden slurping on a, a, an ice cream cone saying, hey, ceasefire Monday. Has that news made it to you? It has, and most people here are saying we'll believe it when we see it. Uh-huh. They are very cynical. They are very dubious. They say that is very, very <laughs> unlikely. It's, it's a total lie. He completely made it up. There is no, as, as I said, there, there are two factions that say that's not true. One of them is Israel, and the other one's Hamas. Correct. Jeez. I mean, he they didn't get the memo, Mark. Here, but here's what I learned all, already after my couple of days here. Mm-hmm. There, This is fascinating. You're going to love this. There is no more left wing in Israel. You know, prior to October 7th, the left wingers known as the peaceniks, right. they were along the border of Gaza. Uh-huh. And as the people in Gaza, as Hamas was sending over bombs and, you know, terrorizing their neighbors, the peaceniks, the left wing, would send over balloons with expressions of love yes. and support. Yeah. We love you. We know you're misunderstood. We know that you're oppressed. We know that you're being occupied. Yeah, these were well, and Mark, again, so the people know these were leftist Israelis. Go ahead, then I'll, I've got a story to tell. That's you. right. Go ahead. Right. And right. October seventh changed all of little that bit, for them. Little bit. Little bit. They have had to have a reckoning. Uh-huh. They ha- and so what's fascinating to me is when's that reckoning going to come to the progressives in the United States? <laughs> because <laughs> oh, be- no because the left. No, like oh, it didn't come no, anytime soon. No. But here, it, they say it's stunning. The the left wing has virtually dissipated because they were trying to reach out to their neighbors in Gaza. They were trying to help them and love on them, and they all turned on them. I also learned about the massive security failure that led to October 7th. There this is, is something that's there going to is. be— How did that be, happen? It's a fair question. It is, and and I'll, I'll tell you in part, as I learned from military officials, today mm-hmm. you're going to hear— from a brigadier general who is commanding the northern front because the northern border now has to deal with Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. And right now, frankly, the northern front is a bit more dangerous than the southern border. We're going to go to Gaza later this week. We're going to be given a tour of the Gaza envelope on Thursday, and I'll tell you all about that on Thursday. Tomorrow we're going to Tel Aviv. We're going to visit Hostage Square, where there is a beautiful, beautiful um, tribute to those who are still being held in those dank awful, evil tunnels under Gaza City. In fact, incidentally, the conversation I had with the general happened while while they were being bombed 
by the north and 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 and, and by from Lebanon. And a, a farmer was injured, thankfully not critically. Uh, land was destroyed. There, this is this is we're in a war zone. There's no there's no way around this. But what I learned today about the massive intelligence failure is that Hamas is brilliant. They manipulated Israel into believing that they weren't capable of this. They convinced them that they didn't want war. They ingratiated themselves. In some a number of occasions, Hamas leaders uh, gave up some of their own to the Israeli officials. It was all a giant the long game. It was all a long game. It was a long game. That's right. They have Uh, they have long a long game in mind. So uh, listen, it's going to be years of accountability to try to figure it out. And the protests, incidentally, over here because they're different from the ones in the United States. In the U.S., uh, they understand here that the United States protests are largely fueled by anti-Semitic progressives. Of course. Well, you don't really have – well, you don't have that here. Mm-hmm. So what you have here, you don't have anti-Semitism. Right. But you do have a resistance and a resentment of the Benjamin Netanyahu right. government. Yep. And there is a, the, the so-called right-wing policies of Bibi Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. And that's what's – that's, again, sort of the, the, the nature of the protests over here. And, again, the protests are how do we get these hostages home because we have our sons, our daughters, our mothers, our fathers who are still being held. Do you think – So it's it, just it, been it, incredible 24 hours. Do, do you think – and I wonder what the, is the opinion on the Jerusalem street is of the American Jewish population, which tends to vote Democrat. And, and I've said, and I call this controversial if you like, that, that a lot of American Jews care more about American domestic policy than they do about Israel. Duh, obviously. Your vote speaks to, to what you're heart is telling you. Does that change at all? I mean, a lot of attention on Michigan, where the primary is today, and of course there's a big Muslim population in Dearborn and other cities, and they're all you know, frosted about Biden because they think he's supporting Israel too much. A lot of Jewish folks think he's not supporting Israel enough. The guy can't win, it seems. Uh, but mm-hmm. what 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 do over asked, there, what is the thought uh, about the American Jewish frame of mind? I, I asked a very, very eloquent shopkeeper that question this morning. And great minds think alike, Mark. So I was thinking along the same lines. I said, what do you make of, of American Jews who don't support Israel? How, how do you explain it? He said, my friend, how do you explain somebody who hates, who hates somebody else because of the color of their skin? How do you explain somebody who hates somebody because of how they believe? How do you explain people who hate Christians? He said, you can't explain it. There, it he says, anti-Semitism is unbelievably hard to 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 describe, to explain, to define, he said. Uh, and this guy is plugged into, incidentally, talk radio. He happened to listen to me on the Internet, which is kind of cool to meet him, uh, because and he's a big fan of, of, of talk radio in the United States. So he, he was sort of like-minded, but he said, evil is evil. He said, how do you explain American protesters in the streets defending Hamas? He goes, Mike, they know what Hamas did. They know the the butchery, the butchery, the the the, the slaughter, the raping, the torture. Uh, how do you defend that? He said one word: evil. He goes, this is a spiritual realm, and he's he's so right, Mark. We talk about you and I talk about it all the time. Completely you start do. your day every show with a prayer. I mean, we are in a battle for America's soul, for the world's soul, and this is a cultural. War Has it made it over the last couple of minutes? Because this could be a big deal over here. And it's where sort of American news meets Israeli news meets Middle Eastern news. 
Aaron mm-hmm. Bushnell was in the Air Force, was, till he set himself on fire and killed himself in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, all out of a, a free Palestine protest. There are people yeah. celebrating this tortured, mentally deranged man because he has, like, done something great for the cause. Uh, I I don't even know how to paint that kind of crazy. This this poor tortured soul is now a hero to the Free Palestine movement for doing something that that was suicide and completely meaningless. I don't mean meaningless. We didn't get his point. I just mean it didn't change. It, it changed nothing. There is a narcissism. Like oh, if I set myself on fire, everybody will know how serious I am. Oh my heavens! With that story. Let me quote Matt Vespa from Town Hall, who writes about Aaron Bushnell's self-immolation. A lot of social media posts are saying rest in power, which, according to the left's insane catechism, is only meant for non-whites. There are multiple occasions where this phrase was used for Mm non-whites, which is now continuing to trigger those within this unhinged community. Mm. Matt Vespa writes, it's always the little things with these people. The larger story here is that members of our military appear to be coming unglued, believing terrorist propaganda without question. There's no genocide occurring in Gaza. It's part of the upside-down world in which the left resides. And he writes, where Hamas shoots up a music festival on October 7th, and these people cheer for the shooters. October 7th was was the genocidal terrorist attack. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Two facts that, if uttered in front of these people... Yep. Could land you a punch in the and, face. In election year, Mike, I'm going to tell you, if, if, a ton of Americans, you know, like if voting for the first time, maybe they're 18, maybe they're 20, 22, and they're not, they're not listening to you and me necessarily. Some are. They're not reading papers. Some may be. They're involved in, in the Twitch stream, stupid online world of leftism yep. and 47 genders. Yep. And in that world, Israel is guilty of war crimes. The Palestinians are the heroes. And that is informing the soft brains of tons of first time voters we'll talk about that perhaps in other days so let me give you, you let me give you let me give you a smile uh, to end this conversation Please. you can't believe how many israelis are pulling for donald trump on november the 5th you cannot believe i i mean i'm not oh i know i saw the coffee cup stand with israel and i heard you talking about it i mean mark it's unbelievable i mean I'm, i've talked to people from all walks of life of all ages they're rooting for President Trump. They, I mean, Biden came here a few months ago, uh-huh. and he stood up on a hill. His version of, of of supporting Israel is to stand there, surrounded by Palestinian flags on a hill. Yep. And don't think the, the don't think the Jewish people of Israel aren't noticing it. So today's our day. International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. We're going to be supporting this great organization. Day number two of our journey in Israel. And believe me, I get started every day by getting to talk to you, even though it's seven thirty-five. <laughs> There, exactly. Three thirty-five right. here. I like this afternoon schedule. I gotta I mean, I tell you, like I gotta tell you, you get, you get to. I was gonna say you get to sleep in. No, you don't, because you have the busy, no, busy I days. Don't. But we benefit so strongly. Radio talker Mike on the X on the Twitter to find out what everything Mike yes, is sir. doing and listen to his show at ten. Safe travels to you, my friend. I love this so much and love your show. I love love you. your visit. That is Mike Gallagher Thank in you, Israel for yet another day, and his broadcast is at ten. Soon as we're done on six sixty a.m. The answer. This is a good one. 1944. And it's her birthday, the great Mildred Bailey. I don't know who it was. Did a lot of work with swing bands in the 30s and 40s. She was born this date. 1907. Woman's prerogative. 
she and Bobby Brown teaching us how to uh, spell that word. It's the Nikki uh, Nikki Haley thing. It's a woman's prerogative to change your mind. <laughs> maybe someday, maybe someday. Hey, I know somebody who has some things to say about Nikki Haley and about Donald Trump and about the world scene. That's our buddy Sebastian Gorka in town tonight. Guess what we've got? we got a couple of final seats cordoned off for you and your last-minute ticket purchases. Go to 660amtheanswer.com. It's tonight at Cigars International in North, North, North Fort Worth up at Cabela's Drive, 35 and 170. Dr. Gorka coming in, and I'll be there, and we're just going to be slinging hot topics and welcoming you into a nice, intimate room there at Cigars International. It's going to be great. So get your tickets now. Last-minute tickets on sale at 660amtheanswer.com. Cigar night with Dr. Gorka. And you and me. See you tonight. Get your tickets now. 660amtheanswer.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.